in the name of the Holy One, whose gracious faithfulness is reckoned as our own. Amen. Before I lived within walking distance of work, I used to take the train. Commute hours afforded me time to read, to think, or simply to unplug. Every so often, interesting snippets pulled my attention toward someone else's conversation. I never meant to eavesdrop, but I often appreciated what I overheard. On one such occasion, I found myself listening in as someone described their faith to another, likening it to a practical shoe. I wondered whether they imagined those sturdy clogs so often donned by medical professionals or hiking boots with ample ankle support for rugged terrain or perhaps even fleece-lined slides, comforting, warm, cozy. Scripture talks about faith in many different ways, even if shoes don't feature among its analogies. Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Corinthians describes faith as a compelling force in our lives, akin to hope, only perhaps slightly less significant than that never-failing love that bears all things. Ephesians lifts up a weightier image claiming faith is like a shield, helping us extinguish all the fiery darts of evil that assail us. Mortal combat might make me squeamish, but I do rather like this image of faith. As a resource, we hoist high biceps and forearms flexed as we harness its protective power. It's an action-packed picture that bolsters my courage. To be sure, metaphors about faith only take us so far. It'd be pretty impossible to encapsulate faith in a single image, just as surely as it sometimes feels elusive and even overwhelming to do this thing called faith. Faith, after all, is more than a magic cloak camouflaging us amid calamity. It's not simply an intellectual exercise drawing forth our deepest commitment. Nor do I believe does its circuitous path conclude at the end of our human journeys, when our camaraderie among the saints on earth draws to a chapter close. But I wonder, what is faith like for you? Like many communities that claim to place Jesus at the center, All Saints helps us grow our faith, catalyzing its energy into action, living as people in the city for the city, as you probably heard by now. Drawn into this quest to share the love of God in Jesus Christ, we serve with relentless creativity, looking to reach out far beyond the confines of this block. In the company we here share, faith and service walk hand in hand with what we believe about God. Faith, pressing us to lean in with our whole selves, embracing those connections within the body of Christ, 
pouring out our lives in love, just like Jesus did. As I get to know folks who are new at All Saints, I often hear them describe this place like a safe haven, a place that gives them space to explore and even to experiment with faith, supported by community. Their stories provide a fascinating starting point to engage scripture and the history of Christianity as each of them continues to claim what faith means at this stage of their journey. Stories of God's miraculous love, stories of movement and relocation, stories with longing, loss, and learning. Such stories tone and stretch our spiritual muscles in the telling as we strengthen our connection to God and to one another. Because in this vibrant community, as indeed throughout the diverse Christian tradition, faith has never meant only one thing. Faith itself has been the topic of intense debate. Is faith something mustard-sized that we plant, water, and cultivate? Is it a project we work to achieve individually and together? Is faith something God does entirely on our behalf while we trust and wait and hope in God's purposes? Or is faith something with which we wrestle in order to know its power? Is faith our accomplishment or God's? This debate lies behind Paul's conversation with the saints in Rome that we encountered in this morning's reading. We only really catch a snippet of what he's saying, but Paul's lifting up Abraham as this paragon of faith, which seems a little curious since the patriarch's own story suggests his is anything but an unwavering trust in God's promises. Still, Paul insists, faith is the opposite of striving, a deep wellspring of trust and confidence in God who empowers us to participate in those divine purposes as we step into God's unfailing faithfulness even when our faith flails and founders, as did the faith of our forebear, Abraham. Our reading from Genesis confirms this as we glimpse things from a slightly different angle in the perennial debate about faith. The conversation here seems perfectly polite, but the backstory between God and Abraham muddies the water about who the subject of that hypothetical sentence is when it comes to the work of faith. God's part indeed seems the heftiest, transforming a woman and a man with one foot in the grave into the father and mother of a great nation through whom everlasting love is revealed in covenantal relationship. For their part, Abraham and Sarah need only to walk blamelessly before God. This isn't the first instance in their story where God and Abraham have this talk. Abraham's household has been on the move for some time, covering terrain in that walking blameless in the wilderness project. And by this point in the experience, the dejected pair is needing to hash out the promise again, 
hoping against hope, awaiting God's promise of life when all around them they see little besides a grueling journey and route to the grave. At many points in their circuitous travels, prior to this divine desert tete-a-tete, the couple cave to fear and doubt. They make detours, a deceptive mirages that seem to hold out the promise of relief. Yet God nudges them to keep walking. Perhaps as if even to wear out their fretful energy. Along the way, Abraham gives God earfuls, and Sarah laughs bitterly behind closed doors in that agonizing over their promised child's long-desired arrival. The couple even takes matters into their own hands, enlisting Sarah's handmaid, Hagar, to serve as surrogate. Rivalries, resentments, and rifts turn up the temperature in their tents. Impatient desperation has a costly downside. Abusive actions and self-serving attitudes prove the two are anything but blameless. Genesis chapters 12 to 23 convey all those juicy details. And if you haven't read their story in some time, Abraham and Sarah are interesting conversation partners to walk with us in this Lenten season. In their good company, our own disappointments, anxieties and failings, and even our own incessant wondering when life rather than death will drive our daily rhythms, help us continue hoping against hope, walking by faith toward the new life we long for. With Abraham and Sarah, we learn God alone truly is faithful. Those early saints in Rome, quite like us, surely found reassurance in Paul's celebrations of Abraham's faith. Because Abraham and Sarah show us that faith really is a divine and human collaboration. God inspires, sustains, and manages those gaps as we dare to walk by faith one halting step at a time. God restores relationships. God renews promises in ways that redeem and rescue whenever we veer away from that blameless path. We risk each step and every encounter along the way, relying on God's faithfulness to be reckoned as our own, as we trust in the only one who ever brings life out of death. Jesus' own story, his life, death, and resurrection help us know this work is what God does on our behalf. God frees us to participate in the promise of faith that blesses us, just like it blessed Abraham and Sarah, that we, like them, might be a blessing in this world. Now, I know Christians like to talk about walking the walk and even walking the talk, but with all the pandemic walking I've been doing lately, talking with friends as we go along, I've been wondering if we haven't yet much to discover 
about God's transforming power that flows in our lives when we talk our walk of faith, whether we dare to tell our stories in virtual or physical space, it's a way we can enter that ancient and ever-unfolding conversation that really isn't about debate in the end, but rather thanksgiving. Yes, a grateful posture with our lips as in our lives reveals how we are growing in the exercise of our faith in collaboration with a God whose promises never fail. Building spiritual muscle after all, is not so very different than developing those muscles of our physical bodies. Time, attention, effort, care, and community make that process possible and powerful. I have grown strong hearing your stories of faith circulating through our online Lenten meditation series. And in those snippets that happened throughout those small groups that have been hosted in this past pandemic year. I imagine our experiences could fill entire volumes and overflow in countless Instagram feeds. Sharing our faith stories with one another can be both contagious and salutary. Because of your faith, I find myself trying on fresh images because faith sometimes feels like a flower, at others like a wild garden teeming with life, and even occasionally like a steep and winding mountain path. Such images prod me to take up those opportunities I am given to flex my faith and move beyond words into actions, loving and serving in the name of Jesus Christ. This gift of life is one I aspire to steward with creativity and joy. Much like another cherished centenarian whose walk of faith quite literally offered itself in generous service to the world. You might have caught a glimpse on any given day in lockdown during 2020 of the British war veteran, Captain Sir Tom Moore, lapping his English garden ten times a day raising extraordinary sums for charity as he did before his death from COVID. I want to walk by faith like him. And if that means leaning on a walker to keep pace as I age, then let God's faithful work be done in me to the very end. Like Captain Sir Tom Moore, like Abraham and Sarah with deep intention and creativity, May we each walk by faith, whether we wield it like a shield or wear it like a shoe. The particular image doesn't really matter. What is imperative is that we travel together, walking by faith and trusting God to bless and to guide us as we lament, learn, and love along this way. God's blessings always have been intended to flow ever outward, beyond Abraham and Sarah's family and Jewish community, to encompass generations throughout the ages. So let's keep sharing our stories of faith everywhere we find ourselves, from the internet feeds to our own backyards. Not simply 
the epic narratives of Scripture, but our personal stories of God's transformation of our lives. Those are the ones I'm hungry to overhear. Everywhere they're being told. It's the eager eavesdropping I'll dare to do all day. <laughs>